bringing you his authentic perspectives on important topics. They live in suburbs together. They live in the city together. They hang out together, all in the same family. We're the only idiots that fight because we want our voice to only be on one side. Like, does that even make any sense? And when the side loses, you lose everything. They, on the other hand, have a voice no matter what because somebody that looks like them is always in, in control. Frank, candid, and straight to the point. Well, it's just a skewed uh, system. Of course it is. It's a lot but, of adjustment. But, but answer my question, though. Should we let people what? go? Should we let people go? Like, let's just forget about bail altogether. And if your neighbor commits well, a homicide and kills people up... If you kill people and they next to you and you just let them come back and live right next to you, they can live upstairs from you. Let them come in your house. Frank, candid and straight to the point. This is the best radio show in the state of Wisconsin. Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth and The Truth App. Now, he's the mayor of the city of Milwaukee. He's a young man. Give him a chance. I only complain about things that I care about. What I want you to do is pretend like I'm in St. Louis. And all I'm asking the mayor and the common council president and the common council, show me. Now, live from the American Family Insurance Studio at the Avenue in the heart of downtown Milwaukee, here is Dr. Ken Harris. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I was just having a conversation. I've known your mother. So I'm an alpha. So, of course, greatest fraternity in the world. Anyway, so we're, yeah, can you tell I'm so excited we're having an off-the-radio conversation. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. So I've got two guests today, and I've been fighting to get these guests in for, oh, a good six months, but then there were some things that happened and some tragedies that occurred, and they, doing what they do, have to regroup and come back stronger. And so I thought, wow, that that in and of itself speaks volumes for the type of work that they do and the things that they're going to be doing in the community. And so I hope I set it up big enough so that they can't like back out and not do anything. So today we're going <laughs> to we have Lauren Hubbard who is the director of Community Crisis Services Milwaukee County Behavioral Health Services and I'm going to say it right Kate Kate Fleming who is a Milwaukee a mobile crisis clinician on the Milwaukee mobile crisis team at Milwaukee County Behavioral Health Services. And so I remember when I was I'm a retired police lieutenant oh. and I remember we used to call it the Mutt team. They still call us that. You see, see I actually rolled their eyes. <laughs> they still call us that. <laughs> it's easier just to say, like, yeah, yeah, we're mutt. And for the police, it was a term of endearment because we knew 
that there were just some things that you just couldn't handle, right? And every now and then you needed that person that had that well-rounded experience, life, you know, age, young, old, mm-hmm. middle, all that rolled into one who could come in like a mutt, right? <laughs> Have all those things and handle anything because they can kind of deal with whatever you give them. And so I, I, I saw her face and she <laughs> like, Arr. And, and I get it because I know y'all call cop stuff <laughs> under your breath. So, you know, that's no. okay. But, but, but I'm, first of all, let me say I'm excited for you, you all to be here because this is a conversation that's long overdue. Milwaukee has been fighting a mental health battle for, I moved here in 93. So that was 30 years ago. And it, they've been fighting a mental health battle for quite some time. And that finally, we can we can get resources where they need to be. So back back in the day, it was novel when you sent a police officer and a mobile crisis clinician somewhere. But mm-hmm. then the calls started to drop off, you know, the things and trying to explain to people what an ED is mm-hmm. and having them understand, even at the hospitals, that we, we actually can't come take the patient. Like they have a disease. Yeah. They're not in crisis. So they got to stay with you. You know, those types of things. So I hope we can clear some of that up. And so tell me about yourself, Lauren. You are the director of community crisis services. How did you get that for somebody that's so young? She's she's not a day over 20. I will take the compliment. Thank you. <laughs> and now you you're 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 doing great things with Milwaukee County. Yeah, I'm proud to be able to serve um, with a, a team of talented clinicians. Um, I am a registered nurse by discipline. I've been with Milwaukee County for um, just shy of 12 years, my entire career that I've worked in different parts of the crisis services, um, providing direct service in our emergency room that has recently closed. And now I'm proud to serve with the crisis mobile services for roughly the past five years or just shy of that. Well, what do you, what do you mean your emergency room that recently closed? So um, my career started out at the mental health complex, mm-hmm. a huge brick building out on Watertown Plank Road mean, in Tosa. You mean... MCMH? Yes. Oh, Lord. <laughs> um, way back when Milwaukee County had mm-hmm. an inpatient hospital, mm-hmm. we had our own psychiatric emergency room. Um, those those 72-hour holes. and mm-hmm. wow. Yep, I was a, a nurse in that emergency room. Wow. Taking over those clients from officers who were conveying them out there for services. So. Wow. Um, I'm transitioning now to community-based care now that Milwaukee County has um, started, well, navigating its way through an ongoing redesign and working to bring our services to the community so that the community does not have to come to us. Wow. And so you, Ms. Fleming, um, are the, I, I hate to call it this, but I know you are, boots on the ground. Absolutely. Where you have to go into these homes and, and underbrush and all kinds of places. I Everybody get to from, go into all of these homes and into our community. No, to, you have to go. Because they went, hey, the officer's going, you're going with him. <laughs> and she's like, I want to. And, and, and that's the difference. And, and, and I say that jokingly, but that's actually a difference that you want to go. You see the need and you recognize that there are just some things that can't get done until you do them. Mm-hmm. And so hats off to you because I, I remember um many that 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 retired you know around the time I did and and their main goal and their their main complaint was there's nobody behind us and so it's good to see you Kate you know young vibrant not a day over 20 
<laughs> and 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 being able to say this is not something I need to do. This is something I want to do. I make a conscious choice to do that. What what does your job entail? Oh, oh man, I guess I should it's ask a, you it's what a it long entail. story. Yeah, no, <laughs> I mean the the basis is we answer calls from the mm-hmm. Milwaukee County crisis line. Um, we take those calls that are kind of filtered through Impact Two One One when people call the crisis line. Um, and then from there, we kind of determine what's needed. Um, most of the time that is going out into the community and either talking to, um, you know, someone who's calling for themselves, someone who is calling right. for resources for someone that they know is in need and care about. Right. And sometimes it's getting a call from someone who is concerned about a loved one and the loved one's not all the way there, but we still try to give it a shot, try to engage right, and see if right. we can get them to, you know, see if we can get them to engage in something. Right. And and is it is it the same where, and, and I guess this is for you and Lauren, is it the same where the more documentation you have, the, the, the easier it is to at least be able to connect because many times people don't know history. They don't know, is there a history in your family of schizophrenia? Did your mom, your sister, like something where we can go, okay, we can at least start there and I have some protocol I can use to talk to them? Or is it just hit or miss? Knowledge is always power. Mm -hmm. Um, If there's, as Kate said, a concerned loved one or an officer that's already been on the scene and has done some investigation so far and has some some facts or some things that to go on. That's always helpful. Um, But it is definitely a part of the clinician's role to be able to build that rapport, be able to ask some more questions and engage the person to find out some things that may be more particular to the current situation. Um, And then also being able to assess what may be impacting that or other factors. And so do, do people get upset when you start asking questions? Cause I know officers will always ask, you know, do they have a history of dementia? Do they have a history of, all these things. And then we have to explain to them that, well, this is a disease. This is not a crisis. So we have to handle it in a different way. They may have to go to the emergency room to get medication versus mental health. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of the people, for the most part, that we do come in contact with do mm-hmm. have some kind of a history of mental illness, whether it be in their own past or right. like a like a close relative with a severe and persistent mental illness. Um, So, you know, you're right. Making that interaction with the, with the loved one as well to explain that, like, I understand that this is concerning and this in, you know, in plain language can be considered dangerous because what they're doing, they're not taking care of themselves. Um, But being able to kind of explain the difference between like imminent dangerousness and, (laughs) um, you know, being pleasantly psychotic and you know not actually like actively doing anything to hurt anyone or anyone else right but you're but you're still not taking care of yourself yeah exactly and so when we come back i I want i guess i'll give it to lauren the big one and the big one in the room um emergency detention many people don't understand the criteria for emergency detention and some of the things the officers have to do or anyone really has to do in order to say this person should be emergency detained, which is not a 72-hour hold. Mm-hmm. It's just a temporary detention. And so when we come back, I want to I want to walk through that so that so that we can understand what that means 
and that sometimes they won't be gone long, but also how families can can assist their loved ones if they're put on a hold and who who they can call, what they can do, what the clinician's going to tell them when they're there, what the officer can and can't do, all those things. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. My guest today, Kate Fleming, she's a Milwaukee mobile crisis clinician on the Milwaukee mobile crisis team. We got to shorten that up a bit. We just, you know, we just can call it Kate. <laughs> and Lauren Hubbard, the director of the Community Crisis Services. See, they wrote to Milwaukee County. We got to come up with some initials because everybody has initials, right? We do have initials. Yeah. Well, see, there you go. <laughs> You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. You are listening to Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. This is Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. Is social work a real, <laughs> is it even a real like job or is it a real? And, and so it, we were just talking off the air. With us, we have Lauren Hubbard, director of the CCMCRSQPD, <laughs> Milwaukee County Behavioral Health Services, and Kate Fleming, who's a mobile crisis clinician. On the same team. See how, mm-hmm, see how I fix that? Mm-hmm. See how I fix that? And so you're, you're a social worker, which is different from a professional counselor. Yes. So you just, so counselors help people know what to do. You just tell them what to do. <laughs> if I'm right, I mean. <sighs> I tell you, I tell you, you just can't, can't take them nowhere. And so, and so I, I find it interesting because in order to do the work, you really have to be well-rounded with resources where a social worker is going to be a social worker, a navigator, uh, the, like a clinician. Or the, you have to be a jack of all trades to figure out. And and me personally, soapbox, that's the problem with mental health and other things is that it's not – it's too cookie cutter. Mm. Okay, you go here and you fill out the form and it's the emergency detention and we're done and then you go this and, this and if you get this box, you go there. And if you get this box, you go there. And if you – Instead of saying, what's your problem today? And you say, I got such and such and such, such, and I literally couldn't get my medication. And I look at him and I go, "Eh, where are you going? Emergency room. Like, we're not even bothering. Check them in, get their meds. I say, you want to check out the mental health? Doctor goes, no. Mm. We evaluated. She don't need to go. We'll call them. And they call mental health. She's not coming. Bye. Click. Take her back home. And they were like, you did all that? I'm like, but that's what's needed today. And so I'm glad to hear that you have a mobile crisis team that can actually do that. But how long did it take that to happen? I mean, I've been hearing about this since 1993. I was going to say. And it's 30 years later, and we're finally. So Milwaukee County has had a mobile team for almost 30 years. Um, We had separate ones. Y'all just didn't give them the MPD. Is that it? We had separate ones. Tell the truth. um, You know, for certain populations, and they were doing a little bit of this and serving different populations there. But over time, and more recently, Mm -hmm. the goal now is to make access to these services. Everybody. Easier for the community, one-stop shop. There's no wrong door. You call us. Right. We'd love to come see you. She, she's good. 
for a few of these every now and then but no i think it's really important just to talk through right. that it's, right. it's been a service that's around it's not right. new but we're shifting we're rebranding to make things not so hard to access and so this doesn't have to be such a quiet kept secret that's difficult for people to navigate through so call what number <laughs> call the crisis instead of, line instead of 20 call and they get transferred to the district yes one get number sent over to the this and i don't Oh, yeah. So an emergency detention. People don't understand emergency detention. Chapter 51 in Wisconsin, where a person has to exhibit certain elements of wanting to harm themselves or others and all that. Then and only then can they be can the police be called or mobile crisis be called. And if they deem it, they can then take them to mental health. But I don't think people understand there's a there's a there's a there's a crevice or so in there where if you call and the person exhibits it, they might get a hold mm-hmm. like they might be literally. And so you can't say, hey, I want to call and give them some help. Help is is broad. Yeah. Right. So can you explain just what is Chapter 51 and how does that work? Oh, we missing our subject matter expert. But I'm going to do this question some justice okay. in my scope. Okay, I got to okay. stay in my scope. But at a high level, um, Chapter 51 is, um, is a statute in Wisconsin State Law that allows for someone who is experiencing a mental health or substance use crisis to be detained right. only by law enforcement Correct. for a short period of time in which suspending their civil liberties is necessary to have them evaluated to right. figure out whether or not forcing mental health treatment is required to right. keep them safe. Um, and, but always having other options where the person is willing, voluntary, open to being a part of the next step is, is the best option. But that's chapter 51. In essence, it's law, law enforcement detaining someone mm-hmm. to get them assessed to figure out what the next steps are, whether it be forced or not required to be forced. And And for lack of a better word, the beauty of it is that the officer can simply ask, look, you're having this issue. Do you want to voluntarily... Mm-hmm. Go talk to someone and be evaluated. And if you say yes, that's it. Here you go. They'll even give you a ride. Hey, here. And they're done, right? Yeah. They'll still, and, and if the if the doctor requests it, they will still fill out a Chapter 51 form just in case. But at least they know why the person's there. They're able to track them. But now there's a paper trail. So if we need to help this person again. And, and I think that's one of the great things about this new um, well, it's not new. This, this <laughs> no, no. This new branding. Yes, I refresh. Your refresh is is that you're able to give people what they need, where they are, instead of having to call a squad, wait for the squad to get there. By then, the the um, mobile drama team shows up, called family, <laughs> and they start screaming and hollering, and then you got to get all. You know, we like to call it the drama response team. I like that. They just show up and, (laughs) oh, my God. And we have to get them out the way. And so now we went to what we used to call the mutt team where and cart where they kind of waited for everything to calm down. And then they came in. Well, now it's taken even a step further. Mm hmm. The mobile team is a resource for law enforcement. So if if there's a situation where one, the community member, family member sees that there's a safety issue and Mm -hmm. police are needed, EMTs, fire are needed as a part of making the situation safe, that's there. 
And the mobile team can also respond to support officers in that work and navigating what's going on in that situation. One step further, what we hope by being here today is that someone calls us before they have to call the cops. That someone calls the crisis line before the situation gets that far. Where the police are needed because officers have a great job, but they're not mental health experts. So them showing up on the scene, you know... We want to be there so that they can go out back to the streets and patrol and keep that, the community that didn't sound safe. Like that's what she was about to say. Though. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, and so, one of the things is that because we have to be everything to everybody, the the forty hours we get training is nowhere near enough. Yeah, but it's enough to recognize this is a disease, not a crisis. We need doctor, medical doctor, not psychiatrist. You know, all those things. But by and large, they just have to follow. Chapter 51. Yeah. And so you all alleviate them of that, that when you can come and make that decision because you're an actual professional, that is significantly different. And so, so Kate, what, what, what is the, I'm trying to decide, am I going to ask for the good one or the bad one? Right. What's, what's the best day, the best outcome you've had that made you realize that this is why I needed to do what I'm doing as a social worker? I mean, it's hard to pick, like, the the first time that it happened. I mean, other than I meeting mean, me. I mean, yeah, no. Yeah. Okay, so I'll rewind a little bit. Um, a little bit. <laughs> but, no, I mean, we've had, like, some really recent successes. Like, there's been so many changes to our team in the last not even a year. year. Um, that, you know, we're all kind of trying to figure things out as we go along all the time. Um, but... Being able to see someone who is, you know, having an episode of some kind, psychotic, manic, what have you, um, and get in there before it's reached the point of imminent dangerousness and be able to, you know, engage with that person, get them to trust us enough to convince them to start to, you know, look into some uh, voluntary treatment. Um, And there was there's a recent one that we you know, took to the one of the access clinics that's in Milwaukee County and kind of like made sure that he was getting to a couple appointments, made sure he got the mm-hmm. medications and mm-hmm. um, just got an update on him. And he's doing amazing from what I've been told. And so those are the differences, right? The the differences you, you as director, those are those are some of the things you've been tasked to do to make those differences so that it's more granular than just this general lockup process that way mm-hmm. out the door to Uber or that way to a 72-hour hold. Yeah. And that was pretty much it. But now we don't have that. We have the ability to actually help people where they are. Yeah. How often in our community are people suffering from, you know, having other challenges that are leading up to a crisis? The right. word crisis is subjective. It's specific to me and what I say Correct. it is. Correct. A crisis to me might not be a crisis to Kate. What she might be able to cope with you know, I might be facing other things. And so we want to be able to explore all resource options. Mm-hmm. Every locking someone up in, you know, in a restrictive facility is not going to solve issues when they're discharged and they come back home and they're still facing housing Correct. insecurity. They Correct. don't know where their kids are going to get their next meal from. Like a lot of that can send someone into just having the worst day of their life and putting mm-hmm. you in a hospital for, for three days may not fix that. Because now I'm worried about family that I'm not with and I don't know where the kids are and did they wake up and go to school and did they get food last night? Did they get exactly. food this morning? Kate and the team serve people that I suffer from more than just like schizophrenia and bipolar disorder. It could really just be one right. of the roughest periods of your life. Right. And you need somebody to support you. Right. And and that's and that's what I think people miss 
is that when we hear, you know, mobile crisis, well, you know, that's mental health. Something's wrong with that. And it's really not. And I'm glad to see that that you changed it to behavioral health. Yeah. But that it's also not a stigma anymore. And and I guess COVID had a lot to do with that because it brought it out in people so that they were able to open up and speak and talk about the fact that like I'm having a bad day. And and it's weird because in law enforcement, that's a norm that's actually taught that if you're having a bad day and you come to work and you're with your partner, you need to tell them. Yeah. So one can compensate, right? But we don't do it in the general public. We don't. Um, there is a stigma about mental illness, especially in different cultures. I'll speak the black culture. We don't talk about it's taboo. Um, and so in this way, not that it, we want to do our part in replacing that stigma and helping, you know, reach people further upstream to help normalize right. the conversation that mental wellness is a spectrum. And we all are on different parts of that spectrum and different parts of our lives. So mm. with that being said, I mean, I think that's some of the the real groundwork is trying to help people before they get to that extreme crisis. And that that is determined by the person that's going through it, not by us. We just want to show up to help make the community healthier in all the ways that that, you know, that pour into that. Okay. And so I'm going to keep you one more segment and then I'm going to get to jump on Kate. All right. So she can answer some questions (laughs) because I I got questions. And, and I, and I think one of the things we really want to do is help people understand when we come back, how to get connected, get involved if I want to be a clinician, where do I go to school? How do I do it? What What are the routes? Mm-hmm. You know, you got, you got, you got, I'm assuming LPC, you got social work, you got RN, Nurses. you got all that stuff. So we want to explore that. And maybe some of these folks can get their kids to say, hey, you might want to get in line and have a very nice career in helping others. Yeah. All right. Lauren Hubbard is director of community crisis services and Kate Fleming. Milwaukee Mobile Crisis Clinician. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. More of Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harrison is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harrison is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. Milwaukee County Mental Health, now Behavioral Health Services. Um, Lauren Hubbard, Director of Community Crisis Services, and Kate Fleming, um, my mobile boots on the ground. The mobile crisis clinician. She's a she's a um, social worker. And, you know, like, I just want to be a social worker. <laughs> anyway, a social worker that I've been teasing the entire time. So it's been fun. But um, what what could what can people expect? So I, I call two on one and it gets routed and they they do their assessment and say, well, the person's there. There are no guns. There are no knives. They're sitting outside. I'm giving you a scenario. They're sitting outside on the lawn. They won't come in the house. It's raining. They keep screaming about grandma and all that. And then they go through the protocol. Do you have any mental illness and blah, blah. You've been treated and all that. And they say, no, they're just having a bad day. And then they get transferred to Milwaukee Mobile Crisis and you show up. What does that look like? I will say um, 
generally the the best way to get in touch with us is calling um 414-257-7222. Our calls are just routed through Impact, but that does get you to the right. crisis line faster. Um, really? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so please don't call 211. They're great, but they have a different protocol for how to answer right. their, their right. calls. So, yeah, um, the crisis line calls do get answered. And, and the number is? 414-257-7222. Hmm. Okay. Um, and that works for adults and children now that we have integrated. Um, Sounds like a whole other show. It, yes. Okay. But yeah, so generally um, the the people that are like operating um, at Impact will get a you know a decent amount of background information to they'll kind of determine as well if they feel like it should be transferred to us because we've got frequent flyers that like to call and. <sighs> Yeah. Y'all still call them frequent flyers? Okay. <laughs> Maybe that's an outdated term. Um, but Wow, you, know. you see that? She gets to use it, but when I use it, it's outdated. <laughs> I'm going to remember that. I'm going to remember that. Hurt my feelings. I'm frequent a- callers. Yes, frequent callers. So sometimes they the, the operators there will, you mm-hmm. know, do their best right. to handle right. that call to the best of their ability. Sometimes, you know, that person's having a really, really bad day and they do get it over to us. Um once it's over to us, they'll give us a warm handoff of what's going on. Right. You know, what's the callback number? Um, just some, you know, the the demographic information that we need to know, and then they'll transfer it, um, and they'll drop off. And then from there, we'll kind of just recap, make sure that we have the story straight, just getting it, you know, right from the horse's mouth to make sure that we're, you know, even talking to the same person. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and sometimes you'll get on the line and there's like three people talking in the background and you're not sure like who's mom, who's grandma, who's who's a girlfriend. Like there's a lot of stuff. But then, yeah, generally speaking, it's, you know, of course we can come out, but we're a voluntary service. So do you think that they would be willing to speak with a team of clinicians if we came out? Um, And sometimes the answer is like, I don't know, you could try. Uh, Sometimes the answer is, oh, no, no way. And sometimes the answer is, yeah, of course, I already asked them and they want to come out or they want you to come out. Um, So it all kind of depends. And even if it is like a, oh, God, no, they don't want to talk to you. If it's appropriate, we can still go out to support the the people who have called um, and give Mm -hmm. them the information, support, exactly the resources. Um, And, you know, sometimes it's not an emergency detention, but sometimes there is you know, grounds for maybe a three-party petition, depending on what their behaviors have been in the last 60 days. So, And, and many times, I guess you know that people have no idea what they can do in terms of resources. Yeah. What, what kind of resources does the um, community crisis services offer people that, that aren't in ED or aren't going to the hospital? There's so many options, um, you know, that people don't know about. And if, you know, we continue to provide right. this education, can get to it before the crisis is at the point of considering mm-hmm. being detained. But we do offer through Milwaukee County our crisis walk-in clinics, which we call access clinics. They're currently and strategically co-located with um, community health centers um, to help not only serve people strategic locations in the community, but also to help connect people with um, physical health care. Mm-hmm. So we have a access clinic on 16th and national where we partner with 16th street community health center. We have one on second and capital that's co-located inside of outreach community health center. 
Um, we also have recently opened this year one on the northwest side that is in partnership with Milwaukee Health Services okay. um, off of 82nd and Silver Spring. Right. So, again, we, we closed our building out in Wabatosa. We're strategically putting physical locations that people can walk in um, to get uh, assessed by a clinician, same day, next day, access to prescribers if that's needed. Mm-hmm. They also have persons with lived experience in, in those clinics. Um, we can also help connect people to care coordination, case managers, um, supporting people with lived experience partners that can help um, use their experience to support them in their own recovery or path to recovery. We have some residential options as well. If people right. need a respite a few days out of the situation that they're in to talk to someone, start mm. getting recovery and treatment you know, underway yep. um, at our crisis resource centers that have three locations, north, south side, north side, south side, west side. Um, as well as two crisis stabilization houses, which is, again, is a, a step down if you're coming from a right. hospital or right. it could be a diversion. Maybe you don't need inpatient, but you need right. to be somewhere okay. where you can have that support. So that's just that's a snippet um, of our adult crisis services. We also have a wide array of uh, services like that for our children, um, having crisis stabilizers and care coordination services um, and also ancillary things that, that could be therapeutic that are not therapy and medications. Um, we have folks who are enrolled and they do equine therapy there. Um, they do Reiki. Am I saying that right? Reiki. 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 Thank you. Reiki. Uh, acupuncture is all different types of things through our mm-hmm. different programs that the mobile team could be the first stop for okay. being able to review what those are. So how do I do you? I, I want to be an RN and work in mental health. How do you be me? Um, we are... Well, the posting isn't up right now, but it will be by next week. Hiring registered nurses um, who have associates or bachelor's degrees. Okay. Um, preferably with, with one to three years of experience in some sort of behavioral health or crisis setting or a related setting. So for nurses, we do all of our clinical work before we graduate. So we already come out with our hours. Right. Um, become a registered nurse with the state of Wisconsin. And we prefer for our staff to be able to drive because we come to the, uh, the people that we're serving instead of them coming to us. So basically for nurses, um, it's just graduating with one of those undergrad degrees and having your license as a registered nurse um, and comply online at mkemobilecrisiscareers.com. All right. And so how'd you even become a social worker? Like you went to school and had to do a bazillion hours or, or, <laughs> or is that something that if I know that that's my calling, how do I do that? Um, I mean, in fairness, I was super interested in abnormal psychology. That's kind of how I ended up in any of this. Um, I was, I was going to UW Milwaukee. I was going to major in psychology Mm -hmm. and my mom's like, yeah, that's fine, but you need a double major in social work. And I'm like, why? She's like, so you can get a job right out Mm -hmm. of school. Um, so (laughs) you mean a job job, while you're working that they're trying to pull you out of school. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. (laughs) Um, and so I ended up like UW Milwaukee is weird. They make you have your first declared major be social work if you're going to double major. Right. Um, so I just dropped psychology altogether and just stuck with the one and kind of hit the ground running with it. Um, I was able to do a field placement my uh, senior year of undergrad right. at right. Um, Autumn West Safe Haven. Um, so working with like homeless people who are chronically homeless, wow. um, usually with severe and persistent mental illnesses as well. Um, and then I was working in the community as a case manager while I also got my master's degree in social work. Um, for me, because I had my 
bachelor's in social work, it was only a one-year master's right. program. Right. Um, and then from there, I had to apply for and take the test for um, APSW, right. Advanced Practice Social Work. And then I had to get 3,000 hours yep. and then apply and right. then take the LCSW and pass that. But you can be on the mobile team with an APSW. So in other words, there's no reason why if you want to really enter that field that they have multiple ways to get in oh, yeah. and to work with behavioral health. You can be an RN, you can be a social worker, you can have, you, you can start the process and while you're doing it, still help people in the community. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, so how do we, how do we get in contact with, if I have a, if I'm having a crisis or I want to get in touch to try to find out about careers? If you are having a crisis, think you might be having a crisis, unsure about what a crisis is, mm -hmm. please call the Milwaukee County Crisis Line at 414-257-7222. If you are a social worker, therapist, counselor, nurse, thinking about that career path, please visit mkemobilecrisiscareers.com. That's our recruitment landing page. It gives you a little bit more information about what the role is. It has some testimonials from some of our current clinicians, and it also gives you the direct link to apply. All right. Well, thank you so much. It was a pleasure having you. Lauren Hubbard, the Director of Community Crisis Services for Milwaukee County Behavioral Health Services, and Kate Fleming, Milwaukee Mobile Crisis Clinician. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get her some letters. <laughs> Can I buy you some vowels? <laughs> of the Milwaukee Crisis, Mobile Crisis Team. And I want to say thank you for the work you do, because I know it's tough some days, and I'm sure you go home with a lot of tears in your eyes some days, but you wake up and come back the next day. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for letting me come here and talk about what I do every day. We appreciate it. Milwaukee County Behavioral Health Services. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. When we come back, top five at five. You are listening to Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. This is Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. Hey, want to remind you about Pella Windows and Doors. This is a time to replace your drafty old windows, not during the dead of winter. And so Pella has a great deal going on. Pay as low as $19 a month per window and $75 a month for patio doors. Installation is complete. It's included. No mess. No hassle. No fuss. No nothing. Leaving nothing but perfect results. So if you're interested... Visit PellaWI.com. That's PellaWI.com. 6.99% annual percentage rate for 120 months. Certain restrictions apply. See the showroom for details. How do you do that? PellaWI.com. Offer ends 930 of 2023. So you have less than a week to sign up. Get it. Take care of your house and make sure 
those drafty old windows and doors are all taken care of. 833-212-1017 is the number. Number five. Well, well, well. Milwaukee police from CBS 58 are warning about a uptick in business burglaries throughout the District 4 area. Officers and officials say the burglaries are occurring between 1 a.m. and 4 a.m. According to police, the suspects are using a few different methods to enter businesses depending on the layout. Um, Kick the door in, smash the window, smash the glass front doors. Burglars tend to take cash from registers and store merchandise. They've been causing significant damage to buildings, taking computers, hard drives, camera systems, all that stuff. If you have any information, contact the Milwaukee Police Department at 414-933-4444. Number four. Milwaukee police are also looking for persons of interest after shots were fired during the Milwaukee Lutheran High School homecoming football game in Pius 11 on this past Friday night, September 22nd. Happened around 917, 97th and Grand Tosa as Milwaukee Lutheran faced Pius 11. And as a result, Milwaukee Lutheran High School's homecoming and all sports activities were canceled. Two teams were just starting the fourth quarter under the lights when things took an unexpected turn. And so Milwaukee Lutheran was live streaming it and you heard and you saw the shots and it's on their YouTube channel. And it was, it was pretty scary, but um, looks like they made it. Number three. Hmm. This from JS online. Well, we all know that the, Supreme Court, U.S. Supreme Court struck down Biden's student loan forgiveness. And we've been hearing whining and crying around the truth from a certain person all the time. He's still he's hollering and still crying, hollering and still crying. It would have taken off ten thousand dollars. What? 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 See, see what? See, he just he, he can't help himself. He can't. <laughs> but um. If you earn less than $125,000 a year, you were going to get up to $10,000 off. That means that 741,500 people in Wisconsin are going to have to start paying on their loans. And, well, let's just say um, that's going to be pretty tough. Number two. Well, we've been hearing in recent months that people have been getting punched and hit and pushed and all that who were drivers for the Milwaukee County Transit System. Well, Milwaukee man has been criminally charged and accused of striking an MCTS bus driver this past Saturday. Trayvon Sykes is facing one count of battery to a public transit operator, and it happened around 345 on September 23rd. And so upon arrival, officers coordinated with transit security. They located the subject near 15th and Greenfield, and he was taken in to custody. So that is something to look forward to. Number one. If you are around this past weekend, or if you're listening to me from the MCC, that means that you were one of more than 250 people suspected of committing violent offenses and arrested over a two week period this summer in a partnership with police and U.S. Marshal Service. Initiative marks the third occasion in, left, in less than two years that Milwaukee police have partnered with federal authorities to track down fugitives wanted under suspicion of homicide, sexual assault, and other serious offenses. Believe it or not, arrests this summer closed 417 warrants 
37 for homicide, 9 for sexual assault, 75 for assault, 20 for robbery, 24 weapons offenses, according to Anna Rosinski, the U.S. Marshal for the Eastern District of Wisconsin. More than 100 guns were also seized, almost a fifth of the total number of firearms recovered during a federal initiative that covers 20 cities. And that does it. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. Um, I'm trying to figure out if I got enough time to go play the lottery. LT said if I win the lottery, I might be able to pay off my student loans. I was in college a long time, especially to not be a doctor or a lawyer. I think you was hoodwinked, LT. I'm just saying. And so um, it's it's important. Um, make sure you check out the Milwaukee County Behavioral Health Services. Um, I think that's going to be a great thing. We'll have them back on in a couple months to talk about our community. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I am your host, Dr. Ken Harris. Tori Lowe Show is coming up next. Have a great day. God bless. Take care. Thank you, Rhea. And that other dude, you can you know hit him in the back of the head or something. A ticket giveaway for which one? Forever Media? Well, if you want a Forever Media, be caller number 3. 833-212-1017 is the number. So you can go to the leadership event this Saturday, the 29th. Give me a call. 833-212-1017. Be caller number 3. And you, too, can be part of the movement. I'm out.